your Locked on the New York Rangers, your daily podcast on the New York Rangers. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 524 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank everybody for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. That song you're hearing right now is, of course, Leave the Lights On from our good friends in Pacifier. You can check those guys out anywhere you get your music. And today, it's Friday morning as I'm recording this. Got to recap a rough 5-3 to three road loss of the Columbus Blue Jackets just last night, Thursday night. And it's funny because, you know, over the past four games, the, the four games that preceded this game against the Blue Jackets, the Rangers had a record of 3-1. and one. And even with this loss last night, this is only the second game that the Rangers have lost in their last seven. So I, I don't think it's any cause for panic or anything like that. But uh, with all that said, it was kind of a bad loss. And what's ironic here is that I really kind of uh, was hoping that the Rangers would get off to a much better start in this game than they had in any of the four preceding games. Now, during that time, mind you, the Rangers, despite getting off to a poor start in four straight games, had a record of 3-1. and So the nice thing is that they were bouncing back from their uh, less-than-ideal starts, shall we say. But in this game last night, once again, I, like a lot of Ranger fans, like I'm sure a lot of you guys were, I was looking for a big-time start for the Rangers where they basically just hit the ground running and hopefully uh, take down a team that has not played all that great recently and got absolutely smoked by the Calgary Flames the night before. That's another thing that the Blue Jackets were on the second game of a back-to-back and five minutes into the game, it looked like that's exactly what was going to happen. The Rangers were already up two to nothing on goals by Artemi Panarin, just a highlight real goal from Artemi Panarin. What else is new? And a deflection by Barclay Goodrow. Now granted, the Goodrow goal was the result of a little bit of a fortunate bounce, but Bottom line, the Rangers were up two goals less than five minutes into the game, and they were absolutely swarming in the Columbus zone. So it looked like, okay, this is that game where the Rangers are finally going to, you know, put it all together, just play a complete 60 minutes, get off to a good start here, hit the ground running, and just never look back once again against a team that's struggling. And much to my surprise, much to the surprise, uh, I'm sure of a lot of you as well, the Rangers basically just let the Blue Jackets right back into the game. They let them tie the game in very short order. Uh, the Rangers got up 2 nothing. You blink, and it's 2-2. And then before you know it, the Blue Jackets have scored uh, four consecutive goals, and the Rangers just kind of scuffled after the first five minutes. You know, they just never really had any sustained offensive pressure. They had some defensive lapses. You know, I, I don't think this is a banner night for Alex Georgiev, but by that same token, I don't think he really got a ton of help either. I don't know what happened. You know, maybe the Rangers and, you know, the MSG broadcasters, Sam Rosen, Joe Micheletti, Steve Velikat, I think they all mentioned this at one time or another. It might have been a case where, you know, the Rangers, they got up to this hot start. They know the Blue Jackets are, are scuffling and that they again, are on the second game of back-to-back and got crushed by the Flames the night before. Maybe they thought that this was going to be a little bit easy. Maybe they thought this was going to be something of a walk in the park. Uh, but that obviously turned out not to be the case. And I think the biggest thing that you hope, if you, as a Ranger fan, watching this game and seeing how it all shook out, once again, the Rangers losing 5-3 to three here, is that this is a lesson learned for a young Ranger team. They've obviously had a fantastic season, but they are still very young. And it's just one of those reminders where you can't take anybody lightly and you can't take your foot off the gas at any point in a game, uh, despite who you might be playing, despite how the game might have started. You got to keep going. You got to play a full 60. And again, to me... 
playing a full 60 does not mean skating circles around the opposite team and just completely dominating for 60 minutes, but it's being sharp, being engaged in every shift, uh, competing on every shift, and I just don't think the Rangers did that last night. In fact, I know the Rangers didn't do that last night. This game really got away from them uh, for basically the entire second half of the first period. I would say the entire second period, and then a good chunk of the third period. They eventually got it going in the third. You know, they came out with a little bit more jump in their game in the third period, and that's a positive you can take out of this game as well. The very simple fact that the Rangers didn't give up. You know, they're in the third period, and they're down by two goals going into the final stanza there, and they came storming back. You know, because of Banajad gets them within a goal. He scores on a one-timer from Panarin on the power play. Mika playing uh, Panarin's old spot there on the left side. And the Rangers were close. You know, they even hit the post down by a goal in the third period. Couple bounces this way and that way. And maybe the Rangers actually end up winning this game despite not always playing their best. In fact, I'm pretty sure the Rangers hit a grand total of at least three posts in this game. Because I know Goodrow hit the post twice. He had a really strong night. It's, it's funny because his first goal was kind of lucky, just bounce off his skate on a shot by Brandon Schneider, went into the net. Uh, that made it 2 to nothing Rangers, but then he hit the post twice later in the game, and Jacob Truba hit the post as well. So that's three posts for the Rangers. A couple inches this way, a couple inches that way. Maybe we're sitting here talking about a Ranger win, um, despite them not obviously playing their best. But yeah, they just... Uh, didn't get the breaks, but I don't think they really uh, earned the breaks last night either. Uh, based on how they played, you know, missing a goal... A couple of goals really by an inch or two here and there. That's probably what they deserved, uh, given uh, that this just wasn't their best game last night. However, one thing that I will say in the Rangers' defense, and this is something that, uh, again, Steve Valakat pointed out during the post game last night, but it's something that I've talked about on this podcast every uh, once in a while as well, is that the Rangers, throughout this entire season, and keep in mind, we're now 44 games into the regular season. The Rangers are 28, 12, and 4. Something that's been a theme for the Rangers all season long uh, basically excluding last night, is they get the job done against inferior opponents. They tend to beat teams that they quote-unquote should be, you know, non-playoff teams. And in fact, uh, you know, I had mentioned before this loss last night that I think the only bad team that the Rangers have lost to all season was to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, that was a loss in overtime despite the Rangers having a two-goal lead in the third period in that game. But something that I found out uh, from Steve Valaquette during the postgame last night, and it's a stat that I want to share with you guys as well, is that this is the first time all season that the Rangers have lost in regulation to a non-playoff team. I mean, really think about that. We're 44 games into the regular season here. We're past the midway point, and this is the first time all year that the Rangers have dropped a game to a team not in playoff positioning. I think that says a lot about the Rangers. They come to play every night. Uh, they tend not to play down to their competition. They take care of business when they need to take care of business against, once again, an inferior opponent, and they bank points, and that's very, very valuable because, you know, when you look at the standings now, technically the Rangers dropped from first place to third place in the Metropolitan last night because uh, the Rangers, the Penguins, and the Canes are in a three-way tie for first place. They all have 60 points, but the Rangers have played 44 games, the Penguins have only played 43 games, and the Canes have only played 40 games. So by default, uh, the Canes and Penguins slot in front of the Rangers, at least for the time being. It really is crazy, looking at the Eastern Conference as well, just how much separation there is between the eight playoff teams and the eight non-playoff teams. But 
yeah, you know, I mean, you go through an 82-game regular season, I think sooner or later you're going to suffer an upset loss. And really, I mean, once again, this is the first non-playoff team or a team that's not in playoff positioning that has defeated the Rangers all season in regulation. So uh, that's very impressive. That said, we're going to dive into the highlights and some of the lowlights as well from this game in just a second. But first, I just want to let everybody know today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good, you'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be chalky or waxy or taste like a chemical spill. Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. And there are so many flavors to choose from. Coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, raspberry, cookies and cream, salted caramel, mint brownie, and many, many more. In fact, Built is always coming out with new, limited-time flavors, so check out Built.com often to see what's new. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, just want to thank you guys for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. All right, so something we definitely have to talk about, a big story coming out of this game, is Adam Fox leaving in early in the third period, about a minute into the action there. He takes a hit kind of in the corner. He's driven into the boards by Gavrikov. And the weird thing about this is that, I mean, it wasn't a dirty hit or anything like that. It wasn't even really that hard of a hit. Uh, but Fox just seemed to hit the boards kind of awkwardly, you know? It was just kind of a weird play. And sometimes those weird-looking plays, you know, they don't look so bad, and then they end up being you know, kind of a serious injury. So I was holding my breath a little bit. I mean, anytime a player the caliber of Adam Fox goes off with an injury, I think the entire fan base is going to be holding its breath. I'm sure a lot of you were as well. Uh, but fortunately, after the game, it sounds like Gerard Gallant is pretty optimistic. Mentioned that Adam Fox, he considers him day-to-day. -day. Uh, so we'll see if he's back in the lineup tonight uh, at home against the Minnesota Wild. Of course, tonight is Henrik Lundqvist's night. We're going to talk about that as well. Uh, but yeah, obviously the Rangers dodged a bullet there, and it doesn't sound like Adam Fox is going to be out for too long. If he's not in the lineup tonight, what I'd like to see the Rangers do is have Zach Jones take his place in the lineup and just throw him up there on the top pairing with Ryan Lindgren. I think he can handle it. Zach Jones is somebody that looks like he belongs in the NHL. I, I've said that, you know, all last year when he played the 10 games at the end of the season, and he's only played in three games this season. He had the rough, most recent outing against the Vegas Golden Knights. Him and Hayek just uh, had a terrible night. But for the most part, I think Zach Jones is somebody who looks like he belongs in the NHL. And if you do that, you know, then you don't have to adjust all the other defense pairings. Miller and Truba, uh, they seem to click together. And I thought Hayek and Schneider had a nice night last night as well. I, I would say with Schneider, that's probably, and he's been good ever since they've called him up. But I'd say that's probably the best game that we've seen him play probably since his NHL debut. Uh, he, he really looked strong in that game. Ends up with a pair of assists. Uh, three shots on goal. Just looks comfortable. You know, there were a couple times where he went to the net looking for a deflection in front, uh, was strong in his own end as well. Plus one on the night, ended up getting 18 minutes and 53 seconds of ice time. But yeah, he got some time on the power play, 57 seconds, got some time on the kill, minute and five seconds there. I uh, love what I'm seeing from Braden Schneider. So yeah, long way of saying that I think uh, Zach Jones 
should take Adam Fox's place in the lineup if Fox cannot go tonight and might as well just go ahead and toss him up there with Ryan Lindgren. And the other thing that I would do, uh, if you notice in the third period when the Rangers were on the power play, once again, no Adam Fox. So they put Jacob Truba on the top unit. I like that. And they ended up putting uh, Braden Schneider on the second power play unit along with Keandre Miller. And I think what I might do if I'm the Rangers, if I'm going to put Zach Jones into the lineup, I would have him... I would keep Jacob Trouba on the top power play unit. I'd put Zach Jones and probably Keandre Miller together on the second power play unit. That's with all apologies to Braden Schneider. But uh, Zach Jones, you know, if you're going to have him out there, you might as well take advantage of what he does best, at least right now. And I think that's uh, providing a little bit of offense from the blue line. So I think that's how the Rangers could kind of uh, look to go if they're going to be without Adam Fox in this game here tonight against the Wild. And as far as the line combinations in this game against the Blue Jackets, I have no issue with anything the Rangers did. I mean, they're trying to put the pieces together and, and just do the best they can. They are absolutely depleted at right wing right now. And so you end up with the top line of Mika Zibanejad centering Chris Kreider and Julian Gauthier. I like the idea of giving Gauthier a chance there. I mean, if there's ever a time to just say sink or swim, you're going to get top line minutes with two of our best players. I think this is the time to do it. I mean, once again, there's no Capo Caco and the Rangers are thin at right line to begin with. Uh, but at a certain point in the game, you know, Gallant was looking for a spark because like we said, the Rangers were not good in the second half of the first period. They were not good for the entirety of the second period. And so they were looking for a little bit of a shakeup. They ended up putting Alexi Lafreniere on that top line with Mika and with Kreider. But Gautier, man, he came within an eyelash of tying the game in the third period. I mean, once again, the Rangers really had some chances to get back into this game in the third. I thought they really played well down the stretch, but it was just a case of too little, too late, and I don't think the hockey gods were really on their side last night, given, uh, you know, the fact that they just weren't sharp, you know, for, for a good chunk of this game. But there was a play where, uh, once again, Rangers down 4-3 to three at this point in the third period. You have Keandre Miller just dashing up the ice. He gains the blue line. Passes to his left to Lafreniere. Lafreniere with an excellent pass across the ice to Julian Gauthier. Gauthier's crashing the net. I mean, this looks like a tipping goal. As the play's developing, you can kind of see it happening. You can almost put a goal on the board. And lo and behold, uh, Corpy Salo just absolutely stones Gauthier on the doorstep. Probably the best save of the night by either goalie and keeps the Blue Jackets ahead 4-3. And just another case of Gauthier basically being snake bitten. I mean, I don't really know what else to say at this point. I wouldn't mind, you know, if the Rangers are going to be without Capo Caco, once again, giving him another chance in the top six, at least maybe start that way. It's tough right now because, uh, you know, they are very thin at right wing and it's hard to put together uh, top six lines when you feel like you're kind of lacking at one position. I mean, they don't, if Caco's not playing, the Rangers don't really have a bona fide top six right wing on this roster. I mean, you could make the argument for Lafreniere, but he's typically a left wing. I mean, I guess you could make the case for Barclay Goodrow. He is up to nine goals on the season, but you don't really look at him as a prototypical top six uh, big-time scoring threat, even though, once again, he, he has put the puck in the net at a pretty nice clip this season. So, yeah, I mean, you just got to get creative. If, you, if you're the Rangers, you got to mix and match a little bit. And once again, I wouldn't mind giving Gautier a little bit more rope. I mean, let's find out if, if this kid can take advantage of, uh, you know, playing with some great players and presumably getting some increased ice time as well. On the second line, you had... Ryan Strom centering Artemi Panarin and Barclay Goodrow, which is pretty much what the Rangers have been going with. And again, I have no issues with this. I typically tend to think of Barclay Goodrow as, you know, a bottom six defensive four, grinded out kind of player, uh, penalty killing type, somebody who can set a physical tone, all that good stuff. But again, the Rangers, they have limited options right now. And given that those three seem to have kind of clicked together, uh, once again, I have no issues with Goodrow playing with Panarin and Strom. Then you had Morgan Barron centering Alexi Lafreniere and Dryden Hunt. 
that's at least how they started the game. And I like that Morgan Barron has kind of worked himself into the mix a little bit more. He's become a little bit more of a regular. Uh, he was dead last on the Rangers in terms of ice time, which is 8.51. But it's good that he's getting more consideration because overall, I think he's played well when he's been out there. And he's somebody who you know, might carve out a role for himself on this team. I mean, we'll see who comes out of the lineup when everybody's healthy. But for right now, I expect Morgan Barron to certainly be in the lineup tonight and possibly beyond. And then, of course, the fourth line that the Rangers have pretty much been rolling with lately, uh, Kevin Rooney, centering Greg McKaig and Ryan Reeves. And then the defense pairings were pretty much everything you would expect. The same four you always get, and Hayek along with Braden Schneider. And again, I thought that bottom pairing for the Rangers had a pretty solid night. And uh, I would imagine they'll certainly both be back out there tonight, especially with Adam Fox kind of iffy about whether he's going to play or not. Like I said, if Adam Fox can't give it a go, I say you give Zach Jones a chance and you put him right out there with Ryan Lindgren. And we're going to continue breaking down this 5-3 uh, to three loss in just a second here. But first, I just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. There might be less football being played, but BetOnline has way more stuff to bet on this playoff season. From scored, totals, player performance props to where the next coach being fired is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And with the new year comes a new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code Locked On to get started. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right on down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, let's go ahead and talk about some of the good and the bad from this game. I mean, for starters, we talked briefly about that uh, five-minute opening for the Rangers where they got up 2 to nothing on goals by Panarin and Barclay Goodrow. And, I mean, this Panarin goal was a thing of beauty. We got to kind of break this one down real quick here. Uh, Ryan Lindgren is going to get credited with a secondary assist, uh, but Adam Fox makes a pass out of his own zone across the ice into the neutral zone. Hits Panarin right in stride. Panarin gains the uh, blue line going up the left wing there. Veers to his right and then shoots back from the high slot. Shoots back to his left, uh, either under or just around the blocker of Corpisalo. Uh, but obviously just a great goal by Panarin. Great individual effort and a great pass by Adam Fox setting him up. That's the other thing about uh, you know Adam Fox being out of the lineup. He is absolutely just on fire right now. Uh, he ends up with another assist in this game last night. And I believe now in the last seven games, he's up to, I think it's two goals and 10 assists. Uh, he's just an absolute machine. And on the season, now standing with 47 points in 44 games, more than a point per game for a defenseman, just absolutely phenomenal. And that doesn't even take into account all the things that he does defensively to help the Rangers win games as well. Just a superstar player. There's no other way to put it. And then... The Rangers make it 2 to nothing. Uh, just about three minutes later, just past three minutes later from this opening goal from Artemi Panarin. You get Panarin uh, passing the puck to Braden Schneider. Schneider takes a shot, and once again, a little bit of a lucky bounce, but sometimes good things happen when you put the puck at the net. The puck deflects off of Barclay Goodrow's skate, goes into the net, and the Rangers are up 2 nothing. You think they're off and running, and unfortunately, that was just the start of the Blue Jackets scoring four consecutive goals. And we'll break down a couple of Columbus's goals in just a second here. But first, I want to give some props to Libor Hayek on this goal by Barclay Goodrow here. He's not going to get an assist, but really he should. Uh, basically, you know, the Rangers, they win an offensive zone draw. 
And Panarin and Libor Hayek, a series of just quick back-and-forth passes. They're near the blue line. They don't have a lot of room to operate. There's a Columbus forward right there in their faces. Uh, but a couple of really crisp back-and-forth passes just to kind of keep the play alive. And then Panarin, of course, pass across the ice to Schneider. Schneider takes the shot deflects off of Goudreau into the net. But I don't think that happens without uh, Panarin and Libor Hayek uh, making a couple of uh, really nice, crisp, short passes there, just kind of keeping the play alive. And, um, you know, Hayek's one of those guys that comes under fire from Ranger fans quite a bit, but uh, he did a great job on this play here. But as for the Columbus goals, I mean, you can start with the goal by Nyquist that cut the Ranger lead to 2-1, to one, came just about a minute after the Rangers made it 2 to nothing, And, you know, on one hand, Patrick Lonnie, very talented player, but uh, this is not going to end up on any highlight reel for Ryan Lindgren, that's for sure. Uh, Lane made a nice move around him, swept a pass to his right, and then Nyquist is there, goes off of Nyquist's skate and into the net. And we really can't complain here because the Rangers just scored a goal right before this that had a lucky bounce, you know, obviously bouncing off of Goodrow's skate and going into the net. Um, so that was unfortunate. And then uh, the Jackets tied it just a couple minutes later on a power play goal by Boone Jenner. And on this one, there's a board battle going on behind the Ranger net. Fox and Lindgren were in there, but unfortunately, the Jackets won the battle. And to be completely fair here, it was three on two. There was a big scrum for the puck. There were three Blue Jackets. There were only two Rangers. And of course, that's a byproduct of being shorthanded. Uh, but the Jackets win that board battle. They work it back to the blue line. You get a shot from the blue line uh, from Zach Wierenski, and Boone Jenner deflects it in from the doorstep. And just like that, uh, that really white-hot start that the Rangers had is completely gone, and it's two to two. And then the Jackets take their first lead on a tipping goal by Corrali. He's all alone in front of the Ranger net. There's nobody there defending him. And this whole goal was set up by the Rangers once again, losing a board battle. Columbus keeps the play alive in the Rangers zone. And once again, there's a pass in front and there's nobody there. Jacob Truba was engaged with a different player on the Jackets. You know, he was also in front of the net. I think Ke'Andre Miller was maybe a little bit out of position on this play. Uh, but bottom line, somebody on the Rangers has got to get over there and defend this guy. You know, even if that involves leaving your post, so to speak, if you got to go over there. You can't just let somebody stand in front of your net all alone the way Corrali was uh, on this play. you got to try to take that away. Rangers weren't able to do that, and it's a tipping goal for the Jackets. They're up 3-2. to two. And then they go up 4-2 to two on a goal by Boone Jenner, capitalizing on a mistake by the Rangers once again. And I think I can say with a pretty good amount of confidence here, and I say this with nothing but uh, respect and admiration for Adam Fox, I think I can pretty confidently say this was the worst shift of his NHL career. Um... And again, there's not a defenseman in this league that I would give up in exchange for Adam Fox or, or that I would acquire in exchange for Adam Fox. Uh, but on this play, you know, the puck is behind the Ranger net. Fox tries to make a dangerous pass up the center of the ice. I mean, I, I guess he was trying to, you know, spring a teammate on the rush. The Rangers had been back on their heels. They had not had a lot of offensive zone uh, time. So I guess in his head, he's thinking he's just trying to get something going here. But it was a really dangerous play. Gives it away to the Blue Jackets. They get away with it because the puck ends up going back behind the Ranger net. But then Fox does the same thing, and he tries to pass it up the ice again. And uh, this time it gets intercepted, and Boone Jenner ends up uh, capitalizing on the turnover, putting it into the net, and uh, making the score 4-2. to So, uh, again, I'm not going to kill Adam Fox. How could I? This guy's been the best defenseman in the league over the past couple of seasons here. But, uh, yeah, not a good sequence for him there. And uh, just kind of uh, an example of how the Rangers were shooting themselves in the foot a little bit in this game. I think all four of these goals, to a certain extent, were at least somewhat preventable. I mean, the first one, once again, uh, Patrick Lane made a heck of a move. There's a lot of defensemen who aren't going to be able to stop him on that. But I think for the most part, all of these goals, once again, were, were somewhat preventable if you're the New York Rangers. And uh, just a case of them just not being as sharp as they need to be. And uh, just like that, you're down 4-2, and that 2 nothing lead 
feels like it happened a long time ago, and, and really it did happen a long time ago because you're getting late in the second period here. And then the Rangers end up cutting the lead to 4-3, to 7-12 into the third period. You get Braden Schneider passing to Artemi Panarin. Artemi Panarin across the ice to Mika Zibanejad. Mika winds back and just blasts a one-timer from the left side there, scoring on just uh, an absolute snipe, top shelf over the blocker, and uh, his 16th goal of the season. And, you know, at first I was a little bit skeptical about moving Panarin out of his usual spot in the power play on the left side there, but it's clearly working with Mika Zibanejad. I mean, he has just been absolutely on fire recently, and particularly on the power play. I mean, he just looks so dangerous with that one-timer. And Panarin, I mean, he's not going to miss a beat almost no matter where you put him. So uh, I think based on what we've seen with this power play unit, with Mika playing on the left side, Panarin's old spot, I say, yeah, absolutely stick with this going forward. I don't really see any reason not to. And it's funny because the Rangers ended up getting another power play right after this. They got some jump in their game. You know, this goal got them back into the game a little bit. Uh, they got their legs back under them. It looked like maybe the equalizer was coming. But when the Rangers went right back on the power play, you could see the jackets on their kill. They were really concentrating and looking to take away that pass. When Panarin had it on the right side, uh, a lot of the penalty killers kind of converged toward the center there, toward that passing lane to try to uh, take that away from them and not have to deal with, uh, you know, that one-timer from Mika. And I think overall they did a pretty good job with that. But uh, this did get the Rangers back into the game. Uh, I also want to give some uh, props to the fourth line because after Mika scored this goal here, and before the second power play that the Rangers had that I was just talking about, I thought there was a really strong shift by the Ranger fourth line. A uh, couple of stuff-in tries for Kevin Rooney. I think McKeg was there as well on the doorstep. Rooney ends up drawing uh, the second power play and the one in which the Rangers could not score. Uh, that's also the same power play uh, from that play that I talked about earlier in the game where Lafreniere passed in deep to Gauthier, and Gauthier was absolutely uh, just robbed on the doorstep by Corby Salo. So... They had their chances, couldn't quite put the puck home. But toward the end of this game, I mean, the rink was tilted in the Ranger favor. You felt like maybe the equalizer was on the way. Uh, unfortunately, in the Rangers, with 2.30 left, they call a timeout, and they pull their goalie. And this is not a case, what I'm about to say here, is not a case of hindsight always being 20-20. This is exactly how I felt as they did it. 2.30 to go, down by just one goal, feels a little early to pull the goalie. I know, listen, you got to be aggressive and, you know, the whole risk-reward thing, but I just hate the idea of, you know, the opponent being able to score an empty net goal with about 2.14 left on the clock, which is exactly what happened. And now, you know, they score that empty net goal, and now it's 5-3 to three jackets. And, you know, you're looking at it, and it's like, my God, man, there's still 2.14 left on the clock. We still had 2 minutes and 14 seconds to try to find the equalizer. And the way the Rangers were buzzing, you know, even at even strength, 5v5, I don't think that they really needed to pull their goalie this early. And again, it's a delicate balance. I mean, hey, if it works then it was brilliant to play aggressive, right? But uh, that's how I felt, and I was going to say that either way. Even if the Rangers tied the game with the empty net there, I was going to be fair. I was going to come on and say I didn't like pulling the goalie. That just seems a little bit too early to me. If you're down by two goals, yes, absolutely, because you got to score. But uh, down by just one goal, I, I think 230 is just a little bit premature. Um, but it is what it is. You know, look, the Rangers... 44 games into the regular season, this is the first time that they've lost to a non-playoff team. I cannot emphasize that enough. And I think a lot of us are going to feel not quite as bad about this one if the Rangers can bounce back against a pretty solid Minnesota Wild team that's going to be visiting Madison Square Garden tonight. And of course, I mean, I don't want to say that the game is secondary, but in a way it almost is. I mean, 
you guys see how much these tickets are going for tonight for Henrik Lundqvist night. Uh, his jersey is going to rise to the rafter. The reason these tickets are going for about $400 a pop is not because the Rangers are playing the Minnesota Wild. It's because Henrik Lundqvist is getting his jersey retired by the New York Rangers. And I just cannot wait to see it. I think it's great that Matt Zuccarello is going to be back in the building for the Minnesota Wild. I'm sure he'll end up with like you know two or three points tonight because why not? Um, that's just how it seems to go whenever the Rangers are playing one of their former players. But yeah, just cannot wait to see uh, how they handle it, uh, who gets to speak, who's in attendance, all that good stuff. Uh, Henrik Lundqvist going to take his rightful place among the elite players in New York Ranger history. And I think what we'll do, uh, this is obviously the fifth and final episode of the week. This is Friday as I'm recording this. I think after tonight, we'll do another episode. I'll probably record it on Saturday and then have it uh, ready to go on Sunday. So it'll be It'll probably go live Saturday going into Sunday, and then that episode can cover Henrik Lundqvist night as well as whatever happens between the Rangers and the Wild. And then uh, the Rangers also play home to the Seattle Kraken at 1 p.m. on Sunday, and we'll cover that in Tuesday's episode. So we'll have a Sunday episode in place of Monday, and we will have Tuesday's episode to talk about the game against the Kraken. And yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And one other thing that I want to mention just real quick here. Uh, I do have the schedule for Henrik Lundqvist night as far as, uh, you know, how it's all going to go down. Uh, for starters, coverage begins at 5.30 p.m. So two and a half hours before the puck drops between the Rangers and the Wild, uh, there will be something called Henrik Lundqvist The Journey. That will be followed by a live coverage of the blue carpet. And then you'll have the jersey retirement ceremony. They don't have uh, specific times for all these different things that are going to be happening, but uh, obviously coverage begins at 5.30, and I, for one, am going to be tuning in uh, the second the clock hits 5.30 because I don't want to miss a thing uh, with this retirement for Henrik Lundqvist, the jersey being retired. Uh, but yes, that will do it for today. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time. Thanks for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen, Locked On Bets, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. It is free and available on all platforms.